Dustin McKisson believes his father is a serial killer, and he is not going to rest until he gets the answers he deserves. everybody welcome to true crime paranormal with the psychic sisters i'm christy brower here with my sister co-host and partner in crime katie weaver hey katie hello hello how's it going oh it's going yeah we were just talking about we're both freezing to death it's the coldest june i can ever remember well <laughs> or the hottest like right friday yeah. it was 90 degrees today it's in the 50s and windy mm-hmm. Ugh, I know we bitch constantly about the about the weather here, but <laughs> you know, if you live in a temperate place, you have no idea, man. The mm-hmm. up and down of mm. our weather is so well, frustrating. This year especially. Well, we went camping in the mountains over the weekend, and it was chilly enough at night. I wanted to run the furnace. But mm-hmm. It was cold. From our poor little Chihuahuas, it was too cold for them. Oh yeah, yeah, that. yeah. Beautiful during the day, though. I will give you that. Gorgeous mm-hmm. during the day. So I mean, it's all good, but. Yeah, just surprisingly, like I even considered making a pot of stew for dinner. <laughs> That's yeah, like it, it feels like a cold weather dinner. <laughs> kind we don't of... make soup in the summer, but hey. I don't know. I don't think Idaho ever is 100% sure what season it is. Yeah, very yeah. weird. But yeah. anyway, really, other than that, all is completely fine here. Well, good. Glad to hear it. Me me too. Uh, Rhonda planted all our flowers for us today, which is wonderful. Oh, Nice. I, I picked where they go. She actually does the planting part because I have a back problem and I can't bend over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they look great. And we're getting our backyard all ready for barbecues and nice. hanging around our fireball and stuff. So yeah, I'm excited. I think we're all just determined to like make this a funner summer than we've had in a while. You yes, know? absolutely. That is number one on my list is right, what too. fun things am I doing every weekend of this whole freaking summer? Cause yeah, the last two with COVID and everything, mm. oh, so much sitting at home doing nothing. And I am not mm-hmm. doing that this summer. I have no. not been doing that this summer. I've already done a lot of things and I'm doing mm-hmm. way more. Love it. I'm here for it. Yes. Very good. Well, today is, this is, today is, this is our Tuesday episode. It is, yes. <laughs> and uh, I happen to know, Katie, you have a little segment to kick us off that we like to call, Oh, Idaho. Oh, yes, I do. Oh, Idaho. Why you gotta be a bunch of drug addicts? <laughs> Last weekend in Garden City, Garden City is a suburb of Boise, they posted on their Facebook page a picture of a fanny pack, as well as a catalog of everything that was in the fanny pack, and this is what they tweeted. It's a sad day when you lose your fanny pack. We found this lost property, and we know the owner is probably extremely heartbroken to have their beloved fanny pack. If this is your fanny pack, please head over to the Garden City PD to claim your property. 
what was inside the fanny pack, you want to know? Yeah. It was loaded with drugs. Oh, boy. And I'm not talking weed. I'm talking about, like, lots of white powders and things. Uh, It looks like there's some kind of a pipe there. There's some syringes. I mean, this is like the do-it-all kit for, uh, for addicts, I guess. Holy I guess. I have a suspicion that no one is going to pick up that fanny pack. However, dumber things have happened, so it's possible. (laughs) Well, there were a lot of comments on the tweet. One person said, I might know whose it is. Give it to me and I'll get it back to that person. (laughs) (laughs) So it was found in the common area of an apartment complex. And thank God nobody's child got a hold of it and got something in their mouth or something. But at any rate, there you go. So a lot of people on Twitter, however, wondered exactly how big the cash roll was that was in that fanny pack before it ever got turned over. That's probably a dang good question. Right. Yeah. mm -hmm. Was that not just paraphernalia, but trafficking? Yikes. Makes you wonder, considering everything that was in there. Crazy. But, at any rate, they have it. And they said all unclaimed property is destroyed after a certain amount of time if no one picks it up. So. I'm thinking they may as well just destroy that fanny pack. (laughs) Now I'm going to look at people rocking fanny packs a little different. I used to just kind of look at them with pity like, oh, honey. Don't you know those went out in the 90s? (laughs) Now I'm going, oh, honey. What's in that fanny pack? Because it's yeah. probably a severed limb or a bunch of drugs. That's all I know. <laughs> oh, God. Well, either would be not cool. Well, after, you know, operating around the true crime world for long enough, that's where your thoughts go. It, it, it's so true. So like, true. Your ex-husband's yeah. toes are in there, aren't they? Aren't they? Yeah. You know they probably. are, Carol. Yeah. Yes. Just yeah. like I have to check under the beds in hotels, you know, in case there's anybody. Well, yeah. Duh. I've had to check under the beds in hotels since I was a teenager. And I saw an episode of Law and Order where someone in a hotel found a dead hooker under their bed. Yes. And I, I'm already, I'm, and I think that actually was, actually happened in real life and that they put it on TV kinds of things. But anyway, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, not happening. Nope. No. My kids look behind the pictures. Because it's been a TikTok trend to take the pictures off the walls and do your own artwork on the backs of the pictures and then put them back. Oh. And also to put money inside any books, you know, phone book, scriptures, whatever, in the uh, drawers. So they always go straight for the pictures to see if they come off the walls or not and straight for the uh, any books inside the, you know, nightstand or whatnot to see if there's any money in them. Spoiler alert, the pictures are pretty much always tightly affixed to the walls these days yeah and ain't nobody's putting money in the bible so it's that's it no i don't know who's saying that yeah but that's not happening i'm not (laughs) Uh, nor am i i tend to keep mine in my own wallet thank you very much Mm -hmm. but anyway that's uh so there you go that's uh, oh idaho wow just wow yeah well, I'm going to kick the mic over to you for our main case. Yes. Several people have asked us to cover this uh, case. I don't know what to call it. And so I've been doing some research and we're going to talk about Dustin McKisson. Mm-hmm. 
and the allegations that he has made against his father. I want to be clear. We're going to report what Dustin has said. Mm -hmm. We are not making any allegations. We have no no proof of anything. Mm -mm. But it is a very interesting conversation and an interesting situation playing out with Dustin and Dustin's family. Mm-hmm. So, and, and a very public conversation, to be clear. Very public. This is all mm-hmm. over Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube. It's everywhere. So mm-hmm. Dustin McKisson lives in Salt Lake City. And he is um, he's a kind of a marketing guy. He's also a writer. He's uh has published at least one novel, maybe more. Uh and so he's he's been a bit of a well-known kind of face in the public eye for yeah. a while, it appears. He's um, considered a top voice on LinkedIn. He has 100K mm-hmm. plus followers on LinkedIn. So business-wise, you know, he's been a fairly yeah. well-known person. Well, recently, uh, he has made some pretty interesting statements about some beliefs about his family, particularly his father. He believes that his father is a serial killer. And let me tell you, I'm just going to read right from his LinkedIn what he says about what he thinks his father has done. And we'll talk a little bit about where this is all coming from for him. Yeah. Uh, The first very interesting... um, statement is uh in regards to a quadruple homicide that occurred in kebby california north north this is northern Uh california the kebby cabin murders you've Uh probably heard talk of these this happened in april of 1981 four people were murdered in a cabin in kebby and the composite sketch of the suspect uh dustin believes looks very much like his father Also, turns out, his father is a big fan of that area. And he Mm. believes was there in the area at that time. Wouldn't that be something? I mean, the cabin murders mm -hmm. have been something that have puzzled a lot of people, true crimers particularly, for a long time. For a long time. It's a pretty People ask us to read that case all the time. Yeah. 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 So then... Also, and I got to tell you guys, I don't know why this keeps happening, but we keep having cases that keep coming back to having connections to Utah and Idaho. Mm -hmm. And as you know, we're in Idaho Mm -hmm. and it's just weird. There's, we keep getting drawn to these cases. Starting to pick up a lot of weirdos up and around here. (laughs) Right. Not actually (laughs) knowing that there's a connection, Mm -hmm. but there is. So. Dustin's family did live in a very small town called Rupert, Idaho in the 80s. And in 1989, the body of an infant girl that had been burned and mutilated was found in the landfill in Rupert, Idaho. Oh. Dustin believes that that baby is his sister. Mm. He didn't know until a few years ago that he had a sister. This is part of this that is so bizarre. He says that in a meth-induced mania a few years ago, his dad told him that he'd had a baby sister. Wow. He'd never known that before. 
He's mm. now working with a detective in Minidoka County. They're around Rupert because he wants to know, is there DNA? Is there a way? Can they link him back? He really believes that that baby girl was actually his sister mm. and that his father murdered her. Mm-hmm. Horrifying. Wow. Would he have been not very much older than her? How did he not know? Um, He was not much older. No. Mm. He also believes that he may have a twin brother that he doesn't know about. Wow. He has a younger brother that he does know. But there are pictures. He has found pictures of who a person who appears to be him. Mm-hmm. Except that person has a deformed hand. And he doesn't really? have a deformed hand. Yes. But when you look at the pictures side by side. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to share the pictures. Those are Dustin's pictures. I just mm-hmm. want to be careful about this yeah. because this is all conjecture. But you can see it if you go just look up um, Dusty McKisson on Facebook mm-hmm. or Dustin McKisson on LinkedIn. You'll see all of it. But it is very strange because there are pictures of a boy mm-hmm. that look just like Dustin. Wow. So very strange. Another very strange coincidence, and the, the part of this that's so weird with these um, murders that he has, you know, that he's questioning, is that they're in more than one country. They're in a lot of different places, but he can prove that his dad was in those places when these things took place. Wow. So in 1993, there were buses that were bombed outside of an Egyptian museum in Cairo. Mm-hmm. Well, Dustin's dad was there Dustin's dad also took photos of the buses outside of the Cairo museum as well as photos of the museum itself and not long after that is when a device went off and damaged those buses what did his dad do for a living I'm not entirely sure he traveled around a lot. Uh, he was he was in he was work in the nineties. He was working internationally mm-hmm. as a technical advisor to a manufacturing company. Okay. And the 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 uh, pictures that he took were March fifteenth and March sixteenth of nineteen ninety three. He was there when those buses blew up. Wow. No one was injured in that one, but it's a weird coincidence, especially because Dustin has photos that are dated. Mm-hmm. His dad was there. Yeah. Like, so then there are two murders in Canada that happened in late summer, early fall of 2010. Between 2009 and 2019, Dustin's dad was there. He spent a lot of time, he says, in a rural area around Edmonton. Mm-hmm. So in August of 2010, um, a woman named Amber Takaro had disappeared. Okay. And there is an audio recording that is related to that disappearance. And okay. multiple members of Dustin's family, including him, his younger brother, their wives, their children, father's nephew, a whole bunch of people have listened to him. And this is a recording of Amber Takaro's abductor. Mm -hmm. They all swear up and down. It's Dustin's dad. Wow. 
Yeah. So he's done a ton of homework. He's done a ton of homework. So much. So then things are, this is so weird. Okay. Fall in following after, after the disappearance of Amber Takaro, a man who looked almost exactly like Dustin, another picture of someone who looks very Mm -hmm. much like Dustin disappeared near where Dustin lives. This man's name was Dustin, D-U-S-T-E-N, Cody Ryan McMillan. Okay. What? Dustin's name is Dustin with an I, McKisson. Mm-hmm. And Dustin's little brother's name is Cody Ryan McKisson. What? Right. Oh, my God. And so, again, you know, he has this thought that there has actually, that he actually has a twin brother Mm -hmm. that has been kept. Dustin believes he was kept in some sort of captive situation until he was eight. He has very sketchy memories about it, but he believes that he was sort of held in in captivity, kind of. And he thinks that this brother may have been held separately from him. And so he uh-huh. doesn't know. But that would be why he doesn't know about the baby sister, too. Like, he's uh-huh. part of it is that his memories around a lot of this are sketchy. Very like, sketchy. he's well, experienced some that, major trauma. What trauma does, yeah, to children. Yeah. yeah. He also alleges that in October of 2010, his father drugged and raped him in a Toronto hotel room. Wow. He says... It took him 10 years to accept and understand what happened that night and to realize his father's involvement. Mm -hmm. Then Mm. in 2018, Dustin's father-in-law, Mark Malanga, dies. He was found in his garage with a kitchen knife in his neck that had been driven in and twisted. What? What the hell? Yeah. And... He was stabbed hard enough that it actually fractured his C5 and C6 vertebrae. Yet, that death was ruled a suicide. Oh, for God's sake. Because, you know, you just jam a a, a knife five inches into your neck and twist it to break your vertebrae on Mm -hmm. on your own. Yeah. On your own. Sure. Legit. So that's a very questionable situation. Yeah. Poor Dustin. I mean, there must be part of him that's like, am I going completely crazy here? Yes. I, I think that that's true. And that's why he's going public with this stuff. Yeah. Is because at this point, he, he's he got some hard evidence. Mm-hmm. He's got some proof that dad was in the places he was in. Mm-hmm. You know, there's some, there there is some stuff to back this up. But of course, you know, until law enforcement gets involved, Dustin's father has not been charged with anything at this point. Yeah. But Dustin is sharing his information with law enforcement. And, you know, there are some things being looked into. So then he also says the cover-up of an identical twin I didn't know. No, I had until about a week ago. Mm -hmm. He's talking about when he posted this on LinkedIn, which was on June 6th of this year. He says, I remember very little of my childhood. I know stories I was told. And retelling those stories helped build my platform here on LinkedIn. 
Uh, the actual memories I have are terrifying inc and include me being made to bathe in a small dirt hole behind a shed in our backyard when I was a kid. Finding a silo on my grandmother's property when I was 11 that was set up on the inside to look like a child's bedroom that was photographed in my home my parents lived in between 1984 and 1987. My mother chasing me down as I ran across our yard before pulling out an unloosened tooth with pliers and me being strapped to a bed and injected with something while several adults held me down. These are memories that he has. Mm -hmm. um, his mother died in 2014, so we can't go to her mm. for any of this. And then also um, multiple photographs of a child who looks like Dustin. Mm-hmm. But his left hand looks like it's injured or deformed in some way. And his right hand looks charred, like maybe it's been burned. My God. Yeah. So he does believe he was kept in some form of captivity until he was eight years old. Mm-hmm. He thinks in the summer of 1989, he and the twin were swapped. So mm. he left the captivity he had been in. He thinks the twin brother went into captivity. Um, he believes that his brother has lived in Arizona for most of his adult life and probably has a very different relationship with their father. Mm -hmm. There's a lot more detail, um, on his Facebook page, which is just, it, and it's public. It's Dusty mm -hmm. McKisson. Um, but just recently he did something very interesting. His dad has kept an old camp trailer in the desert in Phoenix that he said was full of family keepsakes and he would never let anyone go in it. And he keeps it locked. And Dustin has been desperate to go into that trailer to see what is in there. And so <laughs> Dustin went to the trailer and literally ripped a hole in the wall. Wow. It's an old camp trailer. They're fairly flimsy. Mm -hmm. And he tore a hole in the wall to get into this trailer to see what was inside. Mm -hmm. And what he found was a set of teeth, some kind of an athletic cup, eight cell phones ranging from the 90s to pretty recently, mm -hmm. uh, a map of the Western United States, a travel book of Idaho, a book on how to learn Arabic quickly, and eight medical textbooks, and then the boxes that go with the phones. So, so no family heirlooms or family no, anything. No, and he's particularly in interested in the cell phones, one of which the newest is a smartphone with some kind of brownish red liquid on it. And so in, and none of the, it doesn't have a SIM card, but he has sent it to a forensic lab to have, to find out what's on it. Mm -hmm. Like what is, is that blood? What is that? And mm -hmm. then to see what information they can get off the phone. Mm -hmm. But at this point, Dustin is doing all of his own research because he doesn't feel like he's getting anywhere necessarily with the police in a lot of situations. It looks like. Okay. So if, Stupid, stupid question that's coming up for me. Mm. And laugh if you must, all of you. And maybe some of you had this thought too, but is there any chance this man was a spy? 
right? We don't know. We don't know. And Dustin has been accused of making this story up to sell a book because he did write a novel um, about finding out that he'd had a sister that he didn't know mm -hmm. about. He says that his writing is very much um, about his own healing and understanding of his personal story. Sure. And that he says that absolutely not. This is not fake. This is real. And this is what I mean, he's I don't learning. think that's far flung at all. I, I don't either, you know, and the, to have things to back up all of this is very interesting. But it mm -hmm. does make you wonder, yeah, what did dad really do for a living? Mm -hmm. Where is dad now? Don't well, know. He doesn't know where he is. Mm -mm. Doesn't wow. know where he is. Um, hasn't been in contact with him for a while. But yeah, it does make you wonder, like, what was dad? Was he some kind of assassin or, right. yeah, spy? Or, like, just paid assassin? like Flat-out serial killer? Like, I don't know. But Dustin is working really hard to have everything that he has um, put together evaluated in whatever way possible. Mm -hmm. Because he wants to know, you know? More than anything, this is him trying to understand who he is you know and yeah. what he the people that he came from who are yeah. frankly terrifying people one rather interesting thing is when his family lived in rupert idaho his house caught on fire four times in the time that they lived there wow yeah and that his mother was actually charged with arson in connection to one of those fires wow yeah hmm. and yeah they're like they believe that she was actually setting them mm -hmm. um she filed um a lawsuit against the city of rupert claiming violations of her civil rights and defamation of character over it wow um but she was charged with first degree arson but not around convicted? the fire. I am not sure if she was convicted. There's questions about if it was insurance fraud. Mm -hmm. uh, the article that I've seen is just about her being charged and then suing the city. Mm -hmm. So I'm not 100% sure. But there you would think after that house starts on fire four times. Right. That uh, the fire people are certainly going to be wondering what the hell's going on here. Yeah. Exactly. So there are there are way more questions than answers in this situation. But I do mm -hmm. find it very interesting. Yeah. And something I just want to keep. We'll keep following it as as Dustin gets help. I know he's working with the with the Minidoka, Minidoka County Sheriff's Office. I, I think he's trying to get some kind of comparison of his dna and the, that baby that was found mm -hmm. in the rupert landfill can he prove that that was actually his sister right and and who knows because that was in 1989 and you know mm -hmm. how it was a long time ago forensically yeah. so anyway we're gonna keep following the dustin mckisson story and we will, yes. we will continue to report on it because it is very interesting and terrifying mm -hmm. and i just really hope for dustin's sake 
that he can get some closure here, get some answers about what the hell was up with his family and the abuse that he's experienced so that he can move forward in his own life, you know? Mm -hmm. He's accomplished a lot in his life and wants to continue doing that, but is feeling very stuck by the unknowns. Yeah. Wow. So there you have it. <laughs> and Thank we you so will, much. as Dustin updates, we will update you and let you know kind of what's yes. going on. And yet again, this turns out to be, at least in some respects, an Idaho story. <laughs> Who knew? Per normal. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Katie, I know you have a little uh, WTF news for us. I sure do. So, this entitled, ridiculous, racist waste of flesh is from Florida. Her name is Madeline Barker. Okay. Madeline recently was in New York City on, I guess, vacation. Yeah. Madeline thinks a whole lot of herself and other white people. Oh, dear. But doesn't think a whole lot of Asian people. So, yeah. if you see in this picture, I'm not sure if you can tell because it so fashionably matches her, I don't know what that is, shirt, I guess, dress. It's pepper spray. Oh, that's what she's holding in her hand. Okay. Uh -huh. Yeah, it is hard to see it. It's the same color as her mm -hmm. top. You can see in the second picture that she's holding it out in front of her. That's because mm -hmm. Madeline was walking around the city hurling racist insults at Asian women, and spraying them in the face with pepper spray. Oh, my God. For zero reason whatsoever, except for that she's a racist bitch. And was just attacking people. This happened on June 11th. Jesus. And in Manhattan. And she has now been charged with a hate crime. Wow. Which is amazing. I'm glad. That, so that... she has assault charges as well as hate crime charges. So four women, and they likely were more, but these are the ones who came forward. Four women who she assaulted, three of which took a spray of uh, pepper stream right or pepper spray right in the face. One of which got away from it, luckily. And again, there could be more that they haven't uh, identified yet or just haven't come forward. But that's how she chose to spend her vacation: racially assaulting people. What trash. Yeah. Send her directly back to Florida. Mm -hmm. and, but I hate to unleash her on good Floridians. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Wow. What is that? Is an ultimate Karen move right there? What? Oh, oh, it gets better. Oh, no. When she was arrested. She, an Asian man, passed the group on the sidewalk that, uh, of police officers that were arresting her. And she yelled at him, take all your bitches back where you came from. Yeah. What? Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. They showed her a still image, a photo from one of the crime scenes. And she said, yeah, that's me. Yeah, not backing down. Well, please enjoy the jail accommodations in New York City. Mm -hmm. I'm sure not that fun. No. But wow. as we know, since COVID, 
there's been a huge uptick in hate crimes against Asians right. that are completely unearned. But, you know, that's the U.S. these days. Mm. And apparently this uh, woman was on the bandwagon or something. But, yeah, she'll be going to prison. So, good. Well, good, but what is yeah. with people? No one deserved that. No, no one deserved that at all. And I'm glad she's being charged with hate crime because that's federal. That means mm-hmm. more time because I guess that's just where you deserve to be. Yep, 100%. Wow. So we'll keep an eye on this and watch it march through the courts and let you know how it, uh, what the outcome is. But for now, that's what's going on. Wow. Well, if you're not mad, you should be now. <laughs> <laughs> should have heard enough today to piss you off. Interesting lineup today. We've got a fanny pack full of drugs. We've got a maybe serial killer dad. And we've got this bitch. So there yeah. you go. <laughs> Yikes. Well, happy Tuesday, everybody. <laughs> this has been our Tuesday episode. We will be back on Wednesday with another episode and a little schedule change. We have the Wednesday night case update live stream at 7 p.m. Mountain. Immediately following that at roughly 8 p.m. Mountain will be the cold read, the true crime cold read party. So if you are uh, have sub- joined our channel, then that is a... Uh, is something we do once a month only for our channel members at YouTube. So you can come to that, bring us a cold case, throw it to us with a couple of sentences, and we'll read it for you. So mm-hmm. if you have not uh, joined our membership on YouTube, it's only $4.99 a month, and then you get to come to the cold read party, mm-hmm. and we'll read any case you bring us. And sometimes we take those, some of those cases are very interesting, and they end up becoming a full episode as well. Mm-hmm. So we'll be doing that on Wednesday night, right after the the uh, case update live stream. Yep. And then Thursday night, we will be back with the Psychic Hour, also a live stream at 7 p.m. Mountain. Yep. So you That's know good it. stuff. We are True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. Thanks for being here. Take care. <laughs>